One of the great things about competing at Pikes Peak is the relatively open rulebook that allows you to take a stock road car and seriously modify it in order to get the best possible time up the hill. We're here with Mike from Real Time Acura with this heavily modified Acura TLX. And one of the first things we notice about it when looking in the engine bay is it's almost impossible to see an engine. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. Mike, let's start with that because it's one of the obvious aspects of the car. Where's the engine? Uh, it's mounted just about underneath the dashboard. Yeah, yeah. So has that just been done for uh, weight distribution purposes? Um, primarily for the drive, the four-wheel drive system. The gearbox um, comes off the back of the engine, and then prop shaft goes forward, and the engine has to be behind the center line of the front axle. Okay, so this is in stock form, uh, powered by a J35 engine yes. that is installed east-west and running front-wheel drive only? Yes, correct. Okay, so you've now turned that engine 90 degrees, is now north-south and moved backwards? Yes, exactly, yep, yep. Same diff, front, rear. Um, right now we're running a 60-40 split on the transmission. Yeah. Well, let's delve back into that J35 engine. And uh, in stock form, again, this is a naturally aspirated engine. Yep. Obviously, uh, that's going to not really give you anything too impressive in the times up here. So you've uh, added forced induction. Tell us about that. Yeah, the engine comes from Honda Performance Development. It's basically the same engine that's run in the Acura prototype cars that they ran. So it's designed to run the 24 Hours of Le Mans twin turbo, about 550 horsepower. Um, comes with a McLaren ECU to, to drive that system. Um, we got a lot of help from Honda Performance Development to, to run it. Okay, so 550 horsepower, I'm assuming that's a C-level figure? Um, yeah, roughly. We've done some development with the turbos and changing the speed of those to try to maintain that horsepower, but we do lose some here at elevation. So when you're talking about that, are you talking about raising the boost pressure through the McLaren ECU as the car goes up the hill to try and sort of claw back some of that loss we get with the high altitude and low barrow pressure? Yeah, yeah. We've made some modifications to the turbos. Um, we do have turbo speed indicators and we've got it set up right now that the driver gets a warning on the dashboard. If they start to overspeed, he can change the map on the fly to make sure that he gets maximum horsepower going up the hill without damaging the turbos. I think, again, for those of, of our viewers out there who, who don't really follow that, when we're at high altitude to maintain a, a consistent boost pressure in the inlet manifold, which should give us relatively consistent power, we actually need to drive the turbos at what's referred to as a higher pressure ratio because the pressure at the inlet of the turbo is lower than what we see at sea level. So in effect up here, it's almost like driving the turbo to a higher boost pressure down at sea level. And this is where the turbo speed limit comes in. And we see a lot of competitors up here fit larger turbo specifically for Pikes Peak. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today.
Now let's just go back a little bit with the history of the car because it wasn't developed initially for Pikes Peak. No. So it was built for road racing. Can you tell us about its career in road racing? Yeah, we built the car to run in the Pirelli World Challenge Series um, starting in 2014. Um, it was a little bit of a development uh, initially. Um, once we got some of the bugs worked out, it was a fairly competitive car. Uh, the series transitioned to more of a GT3 Series rules, so we had to lose the four-wheel drive system. We kept this car complete four-wheel drive I've built two additional two-wheel drive cars. Um, and then after a couple years, Honda and Acura came to us and said, hey, let's get that car out and run it up the hill at Pikes Peak. Now the four-wheel drive system on this car clearly is going to add a reasonable amount of weight over the stock transmission layout, but at the same time we can see there's a huge amount of carbon fiber gone into the car. Can you give us an idea of what it weighs? Uh, it weighs about 38, 3,900 pounds in this trim. Okay, so it's still a reasonably heavy package. Yes, it is, yeah. I mean, the car started out as a full unibody car. We cut away as much as we had to to get the engine and the drivetrain in it, and then we put it basically wrapped it with a full carbon fiber body work. Now, we've talked a little bit about that transmission. You mentioned it's an X-Track uh, with a 60-40 split, so that's 60% yeah. to the rear. Yes, correct. And then you've got uh, X-Track front and rear differentials. So this is all paddle shifted as well? Yeah, paddle shift. Uh, carbon clutch. Mm -hmm. Is the pedal shift system controlled through that McLaren ECU as well or is there a separate control module for the X-Track transmission? It's a separate module, Omega line um, shifting package, um, works in conjunction with the TAG McLaren ECU. And is it a, is it a uh, pneumatic system for the shift? Yes it is, yeah. So again, for those who aren't really familiar with that, this means that once the driver actually leaves the line, the clutch isn't used, the upshifts can be run flat with, at full throttle, and the ECU will just control an ignition or fuel cut in order to allow the gears to change, and then on the downshift, automatically blip the drive-by-wire throttle bodies to match rev. So it makes the driver's job a little bit easier, and they can really concentrate solely on the task of controlling that car on a pretty daunting piece of road. Yeah, exactly. Now, also, I, I want to just talk about the, the engine's lubrication system. System, it's safe to assume that an engine at this level is going to be dry sumped? Yes, it is. And that's an essential again with the sort of G-forces that are being seen here at Pikes Peak. Okay, one of the challenges that a lot of teams have seen at Pikes Peak is the cooling challenge. Everyone understands that the engine is going to make less power, but one of the aspects that a few people seem to overlook is there's also less air density there, uh, the efficiency of the cooling system. So that's the radiator, the oil coolers, the transmission coolers, and the intercooler itself all suffer. Is there anything you've done specific to the cooling system to suit Pikes Peak? Uh, the biggest change that we've made for Pikes Peak is the addition of a water spray system, a uh, five-gallon tank that sprays water on both the intercooler and on the radiator, and some of that makes its way to the oil cooler. Uh, one of the other problems we have as teams here is that you only really get to see the entire start to finish from the top, bottom to the top of the mountain here on race day. The practice days only focus on one short section, the mountain split up into three. So... Are you sort of are there any challenges there deciding whether or not what you see in the data from the short practice days, how that's going to play out in a full run from the start line? Um, yeah, the biggest challenge there is tire pressure, starting pressures, and then the, just the variables from the temperature at the bottom all the way up to the top. You, you just can't predict that. So it's a best guess. And a, but the changeable conditions here at the mountain as well, uh, depending on your start time, that can have a big influence on, on where you end up. 
Okay, look, uh, really been, been interesting getting some insight into this, Carmwike. Uh, you qualified fifth, so it's a, a real contender here. That's seriously quick among the unlimited class uh, competitors. And we wish you all the, lu- all the best of luck for today. Excellent, thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.